Welcome to Better in Bed, the podcast where we talk about sex and inspire you to get better at it. I'm Sarah, and I'm a certified sex coach and educator, and I help people like you overcome shame, explore your sexuality, and communicate more meaningfully about sex. So if you want a happier, healthier sex life, I'm here to support you. Join my email community, and you'll get access to regular sex tips and resources that I don't share anywhere else, including a free audio guide I developed called How to Get Better in Bed. Just head on to my website, sarahsense.com forward slash audio guide and sign up. We're currently in a period that's being called the summer of love. Vaccines are rolling out and depending on where you are, many of us are emerging from a long year of lockdowns and you might be feeling that urge to get down for some frisky fun. I know I have. Which is why for today's episode, I've invited someone who is no stranger to the podcast, relationship coach and hypnotherapist, Valentina Tudos from Happy Ever After. And together, we're going to answer the sex FAQs on casual sex and dating that I've received from all of you who are members of my community or follow me at Hello Sarah Sense. So we will be talking about the transition from a long-term relationship to casual sex, what to do if one of you starts catching feelings, and whether dick pics are ever okay. Before I get into this, I wanted to say a quick word about our wonderful sponsor who made this episode possible and keeps me producing free content on this podcast for all of you. Oh My Bod is a female-founded brand leader of luxury and technology-enabled pleasure products that aims to shatter the stigma of self-pleasure. So I first came across Oh My Bod close to a decade ago when I was still selling sex toys. At the time, I was blown away by the uniqueness of their vibrators that buzzed to the beat of music you were listening to. For a music and masturbation lover like me, it was a magical combination. Today, Oh My Bod has a huge range of award-winning products, and they've made their signature club vibe functionality even cooler so you can sync the vibrations of your favorite toy to the ambient sounds from the surroundings. This could be a sexy playlist or even your lover's voice, which puts a whole new spin on Dirty Top, don't you think? So check out Oh My Bod at their online store, lovelifetoys.com. That's love, life, toys, all in one word, dot com. Now let's dive into your questions on casual sex. I'm going to read the first one, which describes a situation I believe many of us can relate to. So here goes. How do I transition from being in a long-term relationship to being single and having casual sex? I tend to only have sex while in committed relationships, but I don't plan on entering one anytime soon. I do miss and want good sex though. I've invested in sex toys and I use those, but I'm craving human connection. How do I have a satisfying, intimate sex life with strangers and new lovers? Any feedback would be appreciated. 
What a wonderful question. And I think it's one that many, many of our listeners will feel very touched by because yeah. I I hear this kind of story all the time yes. and I'm sure you do too right yeah, and it can be sometimes quite intimidating when you've been in a relationship for a long time and then suddenly you're back on the market and you're like oh, what am I going to do exactly <laughs> and um, you know regardless of your age it, it really dating the dating landscape has changed so much lately yeah you know if you have not been on the singles market for like even five years yeah everything has changed so much you know yeah. there's there's so much dynamism in in this mm-hmm. so much change mm-hmm. and I'm sure you have this experience as well people go oh my god what do I do about this you know it's the first time I received a dick pic or yeah what am I supposed to say to this kind of invitation yeah so how I, do I even use apps I exactly. mean a lot of people who maybe who are a little older who didn't grow up with apps they're just like I mean I don't get this I whole know. Thing, well, app thing yeah I don't know about you but I do a lot of work yes. around helping people with mm. their online dating yes. um, solutions mm. uh, to answer this question specifically I think one of the the key mindset shifts that have to happen here is the attachment that gets created when we have sex with some people and I love how I guess it's a she Uh, mm-hmm. the the reader sounds like but I, it sounds may not be like, I don't know be. yeah this idea of uh, having a satisfying sex life with strangers mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that casual sex means you sleep with a new person every time mm-hmm. I mean you and I agree that yeah. intimate that sex is much better when there's an intimate or a more intimate connection when you actually know that person a little bit yeah So the sort of, uh, you know, introduction on Tinder, your place or mine, and then you just kind of go straight for a hookup. Yeah, that's sex with strangers. But, to But it can develop into something more, even if it's not a relationship. There's so much in between these days. I think it depends on our definition yeah. of relationship. True. Right? Yeah. Is, is a relationship only when you make a, an explicit agreement to yeah. date exclusively? Because I don't think that's the case. Yeah. The very idea of casual relationships, mm-hmm. is it seems to be a little bit contradictory if you think about it. So it's non-exclusivity. Yeah. Is it what that you see each other twice a month? Is mm-hmm. that casual mm-hmm. or that you don't have? To me, casual sex is when you don't really do anything else but have sex with that person. Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't know about your definition. But for me, it's that, you know, like if we just have a relationship in which we meet and we have sex, mm-hmm. that's kind of the casual basics. Sex. Casual <laughs> sex. Very casual. We just casually meet and we take our clothes off. You know, I think there are many shades in between committed relationship and strangers. Yeah, that, it's, a, it's a very big spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> and I think there is lots of arrangements these days that are, you know, very modern. The, of course, the friends with benefits kind of arrangements where there is a certain amount of comfort and safety that you, you know, you know this person, you're maybe friends with this person. Um, but then you also get to have sex with this person and... You know, Which to me is the best of both worlds. Yeah, and that's fine. And maybe neither of you want a uh, deeper commitment at that point of time. And it's it's very well agreed. And As long as it's well agreed and both parties are aligned. Because well I think this mm-hmm. is the big issue, right? And um, it happens a lot that people come and say, hey, you know, I've been seeing this guy. It's, or this girl, it's been friends with benefits, but now I'm catching feelings. Mm. And how do I deal with this? Mm-hmm. Because... You know, it, it can be tricky if only one side of the 
partnership, let's say, is getting that in that space. Yeah. Um, but coming back to this question, I think, how do you cultivate this? For me, it's um, it's really getting clarity around what you want out of these mm non-attached relationships and being very clear that and also it takes time to mm -hmm. practice because if you have um, a habit let's say of only having sex with someone you're committed to it possibly means that you have this attitude in your mind that I can only feel comfortable if I have some sort of commitment with this person mm -hmm. which will be tricky mm -hmm. if you so to suddenly move to a relationship that is like okay well You know, we don't mm -hmm. cuddle after mm -hmm. sex. You know, we leave each other. We don't say thank you to each other afterwards. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's like just, okay, nice. It was nice. And mm -hmm. then you don't hear from them for three weeks. And then you kind of go, well, maybe I wasn't that good. Yeah. Or it starts to kind of impact you in some ways. Yeah. So having the transition from what does it mean when you have sex with someone? Mm -hmm. Like if you believe that having sex with someone creates a connection, which mm -hmm. means you're raising your expectations about that person, that can get you into trouble. Mm, yeah. And as we know, women get more attached through sex. Yeah. Like physically. Yeah. If this is a woman, indeed. If this is, but it doesn't have to be. I think the other thing I would say as well is to embrace the benefits that single sex actually gives to you so while yes you know when you do have sex with a committed partner yes it can be very intimate and safe safe and and stable and they know what you like but on the other hand when you have sex with Uh, single sex, you know, with somebody you may not know that well, you have the excitement and the dopamine and the, the uncertainty the and passion, the adventure, the, passion, the variety, the adventure. Yeah, exactly. You get to try so many different styles of sex, so many different people. And I think ultimately that experience is also very valuable because it helps you to understand who you are as a, a sexual being, what you like, and also how sexually compatible you are with somebody. And I really feel like you really only get that by being single and having a, you variety, know, a of, variety of partners. For sure. I find, uh, I was talking to someone last mm -hmm. night, that I, I am a different lover with mm -hmm. different people. Mm -hmm. Like, My whole attitude, my whole behavior, how I feel mm -hmm. is different. You know, if you are adventurous and you and I share that, you know, with different people, you know, with one person, you might like to take charge more, more often than not. With another person, depending on the energy, you might want to experience surrender in mm. a different way. So as you say, this, the ability to be different people mm -hmm. like a different version of you I think is one of the biggest benefits of engaging in this kind of safe and well-organized so to speak <laughs> mm. a casual relationships you know approach because it means that you can explore who you are so I think yeah. before you this person before they decide to get into another committed relationship they can really figure out so much about themselves mm -hmm. who do I really want and it's actually I believe that relationships any relationships are people growing machines 
Yes. So every yeah. person that you meet, even a casual lover, someone that you see two or three times yeah. or ten times, can teach you something really valuable about yourself. Absolutely. In bed and outside of the bedroom. Yeah. Any kind of relationship can be valuable, to be honest. It's if just, you look for the lessons. If you look for the lessons, but also maybe that's just what you needed at the time, yes. you know? So in terms of a few practical tips, I okay. think uh, for me what's what's really something that I encourage my clients to do is to be very clear mm -hmm. about their intention. Because in relationships, especially, let's say, your friends with benefits relationship, that a lot of assumptions are made. Yeah. And if you have a great connection with someone, but you have never any intention of actually becoming exclusive with them, they might really... If you don't make that uh, intention to stay single or to stay open mm -hmm. quite clear, they might make an assumption that at some point the relationship has to go somewhere. Agree. And I think having clarity and, and is important. Also check in with your clarity because things can change For sure. all the time. So maybe something that you agreed on at the start may not be the same in six months time or so on, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, in the beginning you might be in this phase where like, I'm 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 just open to exploration, dating multiple people. But then, as you decide to spend more time with, let's say, this one person, mm. maybe your feelings about whole explorations have changed, and you might want to move on to a more secure type of relationship. Um, but for me, clarity is the most important thing, and knowing okay. what you want, being honest, yeah. and being able to be vulnerable with even with casual partners. Yeah. Usually we think that we need to protect ourselves more yeah. for reasons that are clearly, yeah. you know, we don't want to get hurt in any kind of mm -hmm. relationship. But being honest with yourself and, and not actually try to lead people on. Yeah. To me, these are important aspects. Yeah. And also, I, I think, you know, being vulnerable, I think that is also a key thing. Of course, I mean, you don't have to be like... To tell them everything. Tell them everything. But also th think about it. it sometimes... You know, these people can end up being friends, you know, in your life. Exactly. And you just started out with a sexual connection. and But if you're just decent and genuine with them, they, exactly. they end up being friends. So clarity is very important. Just summarize, you know, embracing the mindset of, you know, what am I getting from uh you know, single sex, and not just single sex, but an exploration of myself. Mm -hmm. This idea that, you know, you don't necessarily just have to have sex with strangers. It, you know, there's a whole I think everybody range. that you, you sleep with <laughs> becomes not so much of a stranger Correct. at the end of it. You know? It could be a whole range in between. And of course, I love that this person has already invested in sex toys. That would have been the other thing I would have recommended. Bring them to the bedroom. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. You know, absolutely. make it part of the game, even with lovers. Because yes. as you know, <laughs> we, we both have discussed a sex toy story yeah. many times. You know, for me, sex toys are not a replacement of mm -hmm. lovers. Mm -hmm. They are an enhancer of your sex life, whether alone or with a partner. Perfect. And, you know, just... Yeah. I, and and also, I think this is it's very empowering to be able to use sex toys to explore your own sexuality as well. It also means that you take more responsibility yeah. for your satisfaction, and you're not relying a hundred percent on the the other person. You exactly. know, being able to have that as well, I think, is very important. 
like not having an expectation that it's their job to mm-hmm. make you come or to make you have exactly. a satisfying experience and knowing that you know what I always have my vibrator with me or whatever other toy Very it key. really doesn't matter agree okay cool. ready for the next question let's move on okay I've been single for a while now and for the last few months I've been trying to go out and meet as many people as possible but it really seems like there are not many people out there that I really like and I feel like I can connect with so what do I need to do to start meeting and connecting with a great person what am I doing wrong I mean, I think everyone has felt this at some time or the other. It is like a universal question because I've definitely felt this, you know, during certain single times. I'm like, where are all the good guys? They're all taken. <laughs> you know, I, I literally had this conversation last night with uh, a male and a female friend yeah. who... Both of them, obviously, we know that women tend to think, especially in Hong Kong, that there are no good guys out there. Yes. But um, we were having this conversation and this guy, a friend of mine, said, oh, yeah, you know, I just find that women in Hong Kong don't want relationships. They just want casual sex. And my friend was like, what? I really don't know about that. I've never met a guy who (laughs) wants a relationship. And you're telling me you've never met a girl who wants a relationship? What's going on? They're not looking in the right places. (laughs) Well, that's exactly the point. First of all, if you have this mindset, this belief that you can't Mm. find something, guess what? You're not going to find something. Yeah. So we create that reality that we always attract what we believe. Yeah. So if I believe that there are no good guys out there, unconsciously and sometimes consciously, I will somehow avoid that experience. If I don't believe that people want to be in a relationship, maybe I tell them first to protect myself that, oh, no, no, I just want casual stuff. Even though deep down, Mm -hmm. I actually want a relationship. The other side of the story is, you know, you meet a guy and they're like, oh, you know, marry me. Mm -hmm. And some girls go like, wow, I had, um, you know, so much attention. Yeah. It's like, why do you think they were they were being so intense? It could be that they just know that that's what women want. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of this is mindset and yeah. limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. Secondly, is the fact that actually a lot of people don't really know what they're looking for. Yeah. When you say a great guy that I can have a great connection with, what in the world does that mean? Yeah. It's basically the magical Disney programmed belief that mm-hmm. you're just going to know. When Prince Charming appears, you're just going to have this magical connection. And I don't deny that these kind of magical connections can happen. Mm. But you and I know that that's pure lust. Yeah, That's usually Mother Nature kind of Mm. raising the flag saying, this person is someone that you're very compatible with genetically, so you should get it on. But you don't actually know anything about that person. So what I usually work on with my clients is understanding what makes someone compatible because Mother Nature takes care of chemistry, mm-hmm. right? You know if someone brings that fire in your belly, yeah. right? That's yeah. easy. Yeah. But when it comes to is this person a good potential partner for me, mm-hmm. am I willing to open myself to them? Because great connection comes from intimacy intimacy comes from vulnerability and surrender and sharing failures and things we're not so proud of 
And if you're just gonna be there pretending that you're like the most amazing person on earth and you never fail and mm. you never hurt and you're like whatever perfect in every way mm. you're not going to be able to create that connection but we do that because we want to protect ourselves yeah we don't want to say yeah you know that doesn't work for me it, that didn't work out so i think if you have clarity on what you're looking for if you're comfortable enough in yourself to open up to people and you're willing to give yourself time and not have this expectation that love is magical and you're going to know instantly, I think you can really meet a lot of amazing people and obviously work on the limiting belief like that there are not enough people out there. You know, the vast majority okay. of my clients are single women who yeah. come and say, but where do you find men? Like, <laughs> have you looked around recently? It's a sausage fest everywhere. <laughs> Men are everywhere and men want relationships. They do. They do. I, I think, though, sometimes it's also to add to that. It's the approach that you are taking as well. Maybe approach it in a much broader sense of the word where actually I, I'm actually really just happy to meet people and learn about interesting people and what they're about and yeah if I connect to one or two of them that's great but actually if not I would still welcome the fact that I'm broadening my network of friends or so on and I think when you approach it with that kind of mindset as opposed to the oh I am I'm looking everywhere but none of these guys are like matching my tall dark relationship and handsome. potential. Yeah. <laughs> none of them is my prince charming. Yeah, none of them is like relationship potential. I think it already puts a lot of pressure on that relationship or that friendship or whatever. And it, it kind of like you're already doing some kind of like internal ticking of the boxes. And I'm not sure the boxes are the right boxes. Yeah, that's you know? true. That's, yeah, That's what I mean by having yeah. clarity. Mm. Because to me, this this behavior that, you, that you've just described is this thing that I called attachment to an outcome. Mm -hmm. As in, I'm looking for the man who will become my husband. Yeah. It's good to have clarity. It's good to know that you're looking for something specific. But how are you going to know that someone is your future husband yeah. just by looking around in a, in a bar or even on Tinder? I know. And, you know, even these days on Tinder, you you have like, I don't know, five exchanges. And, you know, guys ask, so what are you looking for here? It's like, what do you think I'm looking for? Mm. I'm definitely not looking for Prince Charming. Mm -hmm. But... Also, will I tell you that I want to get married in six months? Probably not, because I know you're going to unmatch me straight away. Yeah. So it's a stupid question, in my opinion, yeah. because I'm not going to be necessarily very honest about it. Mm. I just, and that's my attitude, I go with the flow. I really don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. If I meet a person today, maybe the first time I meet them, I'm going to think, yeah, whatever, you know, yeah. he's not really my thing. But then maybe we meet again the second day and we kind of go oh, for a for drink sure. and then that connection deepens. That's I, so many stories of people of who course. have ended up in relationships where initially they'll say, when I first met him, I was like, oh, definitely not. I definitely not or like not very attracted to him. But that's the thing, like, uh, you know, attraction, intimacy, all of this grows and as long as you don't shut yourself off like, right in the beginning, exactly. it's really important. And, and, you know, just on the thing about like Tinder and apps and stuff, if indeed you feel like using apps is not 
like not productive you, for you. It's not productive for you. It's not working out for you. You you know, for some reason, let's say majority of people you meet there, they just want something very transactional or very content. different from what you want. Yeah, then you can find other ways to meet people as well exactly. you know to me there's no difference between being in Lang Kwai Fong in a yeah. bar or being on Tinder like a lot yeah. of people judge dating apps in mm. saying oh but that's just a hookup app yeah. and I'm like what do you think happens outside <laughs> what do you think those people want like if you yeah. sit in a bar with your girlfriends and some dude comes and says yeah. hey pretty can I buy you a drink they don't really buy you a drink because they're just generous yeah but you know Obviously, you know, like I was saying the other day, all human relationships that are, you know, between the different genders and not even, you don't even have to be of different genders, mm -hmm. ultimately have this need for connection. And yes. as sex coaches, we know that sex is just mm. the glue that holds us together. So it's transactional or not is still there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a mindset thing. And yeah. if you don't go out there thinking where is my future husband? Yeah. But go out there thinking, hey, I'm just going to meet some people and see where everything leads me to. I think that's a much easier mm -hmm. attitude not to be disappointed. Mm -hmm. Okay, so next question. I've been dating this guy for a couple of months and I can't believe how great our relationship is going. Yay. I almost feel like I have to pinch myself. So at the same time, I keep telling myself something has to go wrong at some point as it's too good to be true. How can I really know if this guy is the real deal before I invest more in this relationship? I'm quite afraid of really falling for him and being heartbroken if it doesn't work out. Do you think I should maybe slow things down or keep my options open? That is a great question and what I can say to this lovely lady is well done you for having this experience. Yes, as something to celebrate. Exactly. Right? And ultimately live in the present. Yeah. This whole idea that, oh my God, something is going to go wrong. To me, it's manifesting that thing because it, it makes you insecure. Yeah. If you're constantly checking if this guy is for real, if you're constantly telling him and yourself that, Oh my God, but it can't be true. You can't, you can't be this good. You can't love me this much. Yeah. You can't be this generous and this amazingly connected to me. You're almost creating that, that lack, that it's fear that in the relationship. And to be honest, what I'm reading into it is it somehow stems from a very deep-seated like lack of worthiness. Mm -hmm. um, For sure. And I feel like if, if deep down you don't feel that you are deserving and worthy of all of this love and happiness then that's why you probably feel like oh this is too good to be true like I don't deserve in some ways it's like I don't deserve it, it. is totally yeah. that like I feel that I yeah. don't deserve to be loved and this yeah. person is showing me something that my mind my beliefs mm -hmm. about myself are uh, fighting all the time yeah so I would really go back and maybe just do some work on that and see if that is something that you can fix for yourself first. Definitely. Yeah. Is fixing or, or addressing this mm. unconscious belief that it's too good to be true, which mm. means I'm not this good. I'm not good enough to be loved like this. Mm. It's definitely the core of how she can approach this situation and learn to trust. Agree. But but also learn to trust, but also just know that, to be honest, there are no guarantees in life. Ever in relationships or in life 
And ultimately, you still have to make the choice to be vulnerable if you want to have love in your life. And love is a risk. Yeah. That it may not work out. It may not work out. He may be perfect. It may work out. (laughs) Exactly. And that's the non-attachment. Yeah. Like right now, you're having an amazing experience. Yeah. Instead of worrying about the future or thinking about, oh, but it didn't work out in Mm -hmm. the past, you're actually missing out on the beauty of being in this relationship, being loved, having this experience of safety and connection. Yeah. This is so beautiful in itself. It is beautiful. Like when I was younger, I actually thought that oh wow I'm going to fall in love many many times (laughs) in my life and then actually when as you grow older you realize that actually no falling in love it's a really precious thing Mm. like I think people would be lucky to say that they have fallen in love once or twice a couple of times in their lives and I mean the fact that it is happening for you you know uh, the person who's writing in it's it's so wonderful it's to be treasured you know and to be loved back yeah because sometimes we fall in love with people and that love that level of love Mm -hmm. is not reciprocated and that's when it hurts or when we have a lesson to learn Mm -hmm. that sometimes we love more than the other side Mm. And that's also okay. You know, it's the whole essence of unconditional love. You don't have to love me back for me to love you. I love you because I'm having this amazing experience of feeling like this, of having this rush to the head. I mean, there's, of course, this internal work that needs to be done, but also looking into what your expectations are of this relationship. Because in the beginning, you know, people do put on a bit of a mask, Mm -hmm. You know, and then gradually, hopefully, as you become more uh, intimate with that person or more safe, you feel more safe with them, you start dropping some of these layers of the packaging, basically, that we create for ourselves. So building trust and building vulnerability and building the connection to the level where you and your partner can really explore a common vision for your life you know Mm. this this idea is like you know it is not too good to be true if you agree on where you're going it is meant to be and but you also have to work on it yeah and I think you know do it at a a, you know she's asking last question do you think I should maybe slow things down I think if you really feel that this is something that you want to invest in I would say, you know, build it at a steady pace. And then the, the how you do that is you invest a little bit and you, you watch and you assess if he is also investing a little bit. And then you invest a little bit more. And then you see if he's investing a little bit more. And that's kind of how you just... So this, the game. It, the it's way a game, play. but that's how you build a life together, a, a relationship like together. Brick. That's how you build the foundations for trust, Right. I don't really think it's necessary, if, in my opinion, to keep your options open if you really feel like this is going so well and, you know, you're really enjoying it. Well, keeping your options open is, in these days, is called cushioning. Yeah. Right? You're protecting your heart from being broken mm. by having a few other people that you can fall back to if this doesn't work out. But this in itself actually indicates lack of trust that this can work. Mm-hmm. It, this 
actually fits perfectly well with the I don't think I'm good enough, therefore mm. let me just pull back a little. So yeah, trust that everything will go as planned by the universe. Whether this relationship is meant to be the love of your life and you're going to live happily ever after, nobody knows, but you're certainly going to learn something from this experience. So my approach is usually to say, look at what every single day of this relationship is teaching you. Mm. It's not about whether you're going to be I don't know, married for the next 40 years with this person. Mm -hmm. That is an expectation that will cause you a lot of pain in your life mm -hmm. because who knows if that's possible, right? Maybe yeah. you don't like them so much after a while. On the slowing down thing, though, I think it is important that you don't rush, rush. into yeah, things simply because, yes, chemistry can be through the roof, but the reality is that when you are in this very exciting attraction phase mm. we do ignore a lot of red flags mm -hmm. we sort of say well yeah that's not perfect but it doesn't really matter later it does matter so if you slow things down the benefit of slowing things down is that you can actually start seeing things more clearly mm -hmm. you can clarify your own expectations of yourself and your relationship and the vision of that relationship that you create together. As you were talking earlier about building a foundation, mm -hmm. taking it slowly. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Yeah. So a good relationship, a strong relationship, it's great when you have chemistry and everything seems to be good, but you, you, you can't just stop working on it. Yeah. And slowing down gives you the time to think, to reflect, to grow, to connect deeper, and to explore your deep compatibility level because a, a long-term relationship that is successful is the perfect combination of chemistry and compatibility yep. if you rush into just the chemistry side two years later when your body has kind of given up on that uh, rush of uh, hormones you kind of go who are you and what are you doing in my bed <laughs> yeah so that's why i think slowing down is very valuable yeah and i think on all of that communication is also very very relevant so say that to your partner to say hey I'm really interested in you I'm so happy with the way things are going but you know would you mind if we just slowed things down a little bit so that we can really focus on getting to know each other I'm not in a rush and I just want to spend more like more more precious time with you you know and if you are already if it is a fear ultimately that you know you are going to be heartbroken i think sometimes it's it's nice to be vulnerable in front of the other person and say look i just want to make sure i'm making the right decision because i've been hurt in the past and i just don't want to be heartbroken again so let's just take it slow and enjoy ourselves in the process definitely and this level of honesty and vulnerability mm -hmm. is very important in creating that long-term Uh, basically taking a conscious approach to your relationship. Yeah. If you just follow chemistry and you don't discuss and you don't make plans for how you two can grow together, mm -hmm. you're just approaching it very unconsciously. You're hoping for the best, yeah. but you're not actually working on it. Yeah. Whereas what you just described, a conversation in which you say, I really like you. Things are going so well. I have to pinch myself, yeah. <laughs> but I'd like to keep this feeling and mm -hmm. I don't like to build my expectations beyond what's realistic. So can we have a chat about where, not where this is going from a, you know, are we going to get married and we're going to have children, mm -hmm. but more about how can we make this even more real mm -hmm. by consciously 
looking at all the different sides of our relationship and growing it and building an amazing connection. So there's so much opportunity in this relationship. Agree, agree. And and celebrate every single moment that you have that is going well. Like, I mean, yay for you, right? And listen, he's already so, chosen you. So many people like long for that kind of feeling. So you are in just such a great position already. Exactly. And he's chosen you, yeah. you know. Don't push him away by being afraid mm-hmm. that he one day he may not choose you again. Like just stay in the moment. Next question. I started a casual relationship with this guy a few months ago. In the beginning, I wasn't too bothered about it being too serious as I was also seeing a couple of other people at the same time. Lately, though, I've noticed I am starting to catch feelings for him and I really have no idea how to bring this up. I don't want the I like you more than just a little conversation to scare him off or kill the amazing vibe we have when we're together. So I feel a bit stuck. How can I make him aware of my potential interest to maybe explore something more serious while keeping the chemistry and attraction intact? That's such an interesting question, and I think it's, a, again, a situation that many, many um, listeners will relate to. Mm-hmm. Because the very essence of casual relationships is that in the beginning, we don't really assign too much uh, yeah. value to, and then we kind of start thinking, wow, this person is actually pretty cool, but how do I take it from purely <laughs> sexual to doing it more without scaring them off? Yeah. Um, and it's very vulnerable ultimately because you always, whenever you you say that or you feel that way, you you, you have a chance of being rejected, right? And that's the point, right? You, and we're afraid of that rejection. And ultimately, we are afraid of that rejection. Yeah. Well, that's the attachment that we have when we start liking people. Yeah. To me, I think, I, as much as I love open and direct communication, mm-hmm. I think there is a real risk of of ruining things yeah. by if if the person is not aligned with you if they mm-hmm. haven't really gone to a similar level. So before I would have a conversation in this case, I would actually take action to spend more time with this person in non-sexually related contexts. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if you just meet for sex, mm-hmm. that's one level. If you meet for sex, but then you also, I don't know, go to a, a movie or go to a concert or go to a comedy club or yeah. something like that, you're starting to expand the connection that you have with yes. this person to a mental and intellectual level. Mm-hmm. So then the more you talk with each other, the more you discover that beyond the amazing attraction and chemistry that you have, there's so much more you can offer each other. You unconsciously bring them to the same level as you. If yeah. it's meant to be. Now, not everybody has to have that experience. Yeah. But if you want to increase your chances of showing, instead of saying to this person, hey, I like you, I'd like to be in a relationship with you, show them that this might be on the menu. Mm. Because a lot of assumptions are made. Mm-hmm. Like we were talking earlier about men and women both believing that the other side doesn't want to be in serious relationships. By showing someone that yeah I'd like to spend more time with you I'd like us to explore different things together I'd like you to meet my friends mm-hmm. which is kind of usually an usually interesting that's a, part uh, to me that's a big thing I think I'd like you to meet my friends and then see how that person responds and then uh, it also is a really good thing when you see that person making an effort with your friends exactly. and like 
so not just coming and oh, okay being pyrogenic but really making the effort to get to know who they are and that is like to me a very big new. sign yeah it is and also you know there is this really interesting aspect of when you start dating someone mm. like getting your friends to to see this person because we often don't see everything about some somebody mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we like that we're attracted to yeah that's a good idea so just getting your you know like the the being vetoed by a girl's friends mm-hmm. <laughs> is important because we are so blind sometimes yeah but i also think that at some point you know it really depends the timing is always very tricky with these things definitely um but at some point if it's really important to you to know how he feels right like it is also important to bring it up absolutely Because you can't hope he's going to read your mind. Exactly. You can't hope he, he'll read your mind. And also, he may not even have started to consider that this is actually what you want. Because, you know, sometimes these casual, almost relationships, they just they just go on being casual because they haven't considered, the, the other person actually hasn't said, hey, do you think that this could be something more? And then that almost like, that question actually sparks the interest to be like, oh, Yeah, wait a minute. And maybe they hadn't even really been aware of that or thinking about that at, at I've all. fallen in love with yeah. two guys <laughs> only after they told me yeah. I like you or I'm falling for you. Right. Yeah. And until it was like, uh, mm-hmm. I remember this, like, I don't know, like maybe 15, 17 years ago, mm. I was really attracted to a guy and he was really attracted to me and we had this whole flirting going on. Mm. And until one day when he said, He kind of said it in a really weird way, but it was so powerful. He said, oh, you know, I've had to use all my power and discipline not to fall in love with you. Mm-hmm. Which the way I interpreted, it, I'm like, shit, he really likes me. Yes. And that was like the floodgates were open. Wow. I mean, I was attracted to yeah. him, but I had never considered. Yeah, thought about it. Yeah. That it, it would be so intense for him, although it was mm. one of those kind of love at first sights thing or like lost at first sight, as I, as I call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, when this person said that, it was like my eyes have opened or like the veil had dropped. And yes. I was like, wow, there's a real opportunity to have something really special here. Mm-hmm. So however you choose to do it, whether you do it in this kind of indirect way or whether you build towards it and then you kind of blurt it out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes you blurt it out when you're drunk because you think, yeah, sometimes. whatever. <laughs> I think sometimes it's nice to phrase it as a question, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to, to just say, hey, so how, how would you feel if, you exactly. know. We, and then that gives them something to respond to Definitely. as well you know or to say you know wow i've been having such a great time with you yeah. you know you kind of start to feel like more special to me than others yeah. and i know this idea that even when you date casually sometimes people just say but i want to be more special than the others yeah. like, what do you mean by that it's like yeah. don't call me darling <laughs> <laughs> when you called everybody darling that's a real thing <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. so yeah i think it's a, it's really a very very important aspect of building the connection to yeah. a deeper level and then just being honest uh, mm-hmm. but but also not attached and yeah. managing your own feelings and understanding that it yeah. sometimes can be a no and yeah. you should be okay with that yeah don't be attached to the answer so much Yeah. yeah, it's not always reciprocated and not everybody mm-hmm. is meant to love you back. But the chances are that they might like you more if you tell them if that you, you like them. If you tell them, exactly. 
Perfect. Next question. So I'm a guy who has been dating quite a bit and I really don't feel like I want to be tied up just to one partner. Variety is very important to me, but it seems most people I meet are not very keen on this idea. Even for people who are otherwise quite open-minded, wanting more than one partner is seen as lacking in moral values. I really want to enjoy my freedom, but I feel judged. Why is there so much rejection of something that feels so natural to me? I guess people, in some ways, they judge this because they think, oh, that's just a player. An FB. Yeah, an FB, <laughs> somebody who, you know, commitment-phobe. When actually they perhaps may not actually just understand your intentions behind it, which is variety, you know. And uh, the fact that freedom is a very freedom? powerful value. Absolutely, yeah. And this whole idea of moral values and judgment is mm. whether you fit the norm, the mm -hmm. society rule. Now, luckily, I would mm -hmm. say we live in a world in which the whole morality of monogamy has been a little bit relaxed. And yeah. yes, you can still feel, I mean, people do can judge you, can judge you, but you don't necessarily have to mm. feel so attacked by that. Yeah, It might make it difficult for you to, to be honest about your your real intentions if you mm. want to get into someone's pants. But um, I think being honest about the fact that this is really a value, that independence yeah. and freedom and fun and adventure are really important to you, more important than fidelity and monogamy and safety and all that. And, and maybe it's a time and of that, your life. And that could change, right? It doesn't have to be that's just maybe where you are right now. Exactly. Um, but it could change and that's totally fine as well. At different phases in your life, you might be deciding that actually I want the safety of a relationship mm -hmm. for now it's okay mm -hmm. we can't really stop other people from judging us but we can stop ourselves from letting that Feeling bother that. us yeah I think what you I would do is go into the casual sex project um this mm. is like a platform that was I like love that yeah started by Dr. Jana Rangula I think she's like a I don't, I'm not saying her name correctly but She's like, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, very, it's a very sort of Russian. Surname. She's actually a Macedonian. Is she Macedonian? Okay, right. Well, she started it and she actually has a whole TED talk on why people judge casual sex and casual dating. But through that project and through her talk, she also says, you know, there are actually many benefits of um, casual sex and casual dating. You know, people get to broaden their social network, make more friends. Those stories um, are amazing. Yeah. And uh, if you go and read the stories on casual sex projects, you'll realize that there actually are many people out there as well who value all of the same things, that the variety, freedom, independence, adventure, in terms of like casual dating. And also I would say one thing from that I got from uh, being, you know, reading the Casual Sex Project mm. and also talking um, with Dr. Mm. Jana was really the fact that it's not something that was invented yesterday. Yeah. Casual sex has been happening for... For many years, like decades. Decades, <laughs> yeah. Right? So there are stories on there of like grandmas who are still vividly remembering yeah. some random casual sex story that they had 60, 70 years yeah. ago. So if your grandma were really honest with you to tell you <laughs> her teenage stories, you might find that casual sex is way older than you imagine. Yeah. If anything, sometimes I actually meet people who have been married for like 20 years to their high school sweetheart and so on and actually if anything they they regret they 
didn't have that time to explore and date many lots of different people. Very recently, I actually worked with a couple to help them handle their separation Mm -hmm. because uh, they had been married for like 25 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were each other's first or second sexual partner. And they had come to a point in their life, you know, mid-40s or whatever after, I don't know, three or four children and, you know, doing that whole family life and parenthood experience. They were like, nah, this is not working for me anymore. You know, I want to have that fun that I missed out on, the the freedom that I missed out on when I... I was in a different stage in my life, so maybe Mm -hmm. I'm living my life in reverse. Like, you know, personally, I'm going through... Mm -hmm. Not that I didn't Mm -hmm. have casual sex before, Mm -hmm. but definitely you can go through different phases and I would say that if you look at the stories on the casual sex project there's definitely a lot less judgment now Mm -hmm. about it there's a lot more acceptance I mean you know we've been on the radio talking about this in Hong Kong one of the most um, traditional and conservative places in the world I think we are we're a lot luckier than the decades before I think if we compare with our grandmas it's probably much better (laughs) For sure. Okay, next question. I love this question. Are dick pics always bad? I think I have a nice dick and I try to lure girls with it. Sometimes I get a good response. But how do you feel when you see a stranger's dick versus a familiar person's dick? <laughs> that is a very good question. And because um, I was on the radio the other week and I was talking about yeah. this, I had some feedback to my Insta stories. Um, because I uh, interview yeah. a little bit out of context. At one point I said, I don't think that many women specifically ask strangers for dick pics. No. Right? Um, I don't think I don't think many women, I don't think any women do, do they? No, I wouldn't go on Tinder <laughs> and say, hey, can you please send me a picture of your dick? Although at Maybe. some point in the relationship... At some point in the relationship, yes, but not a stranger. No, I would never just go, hey, send me a dick pic. Anyway, so I got uh, various answers, you know, people yeah. responding to my stories. Going, That's so wrong. I did get asked for dick pics. Like, yeah, but not like, hey, can you send me a picture of your dick without, yeah, without any, com- any conversation? Yeah. yeah, like, you know, I do want to check that... I'm not getting myself into a big disappointment, but only after I've kind of, uh, you know, had some sort of connection with this person. Unsolicited dick pics to me are like flashing. Some dude. Yeah, like if I was walking in the street and I didn't even say hello to you, or maybe you just says, hey, pretty, you know, cat calling me and then opened your coat and showed me your dick. That's what it means to get a random. And to be honest, the, the feeling is the same. It, it's quite violating of in course. some ways. You know, if somebody does that to you, like in real life, right, versus... Uh, You'd go to the police. The, yeah, you would. And you would feel like... Oh, because it is sexual assault. Is, like This is kind of violating you. I just didn't want to see that. Uh, it was like non-consensual. And yeah, I, I'm really... I don't know why he says, sometimes I get a good response. What does that mean? from this guy <laughs> I don't Why know like, <laughs> if a dude slides into my DM and yeah. says hi how are you here's a picture of my dick I'm like are I, you fucking kidding me I know but are there any are there any women out there who are like oh yeah nice dick can I fuck you <laughs> like I mean are there any women out there that, that say that this is like yeah, mind no. boggles like because that must be giving him the encouragement to keep sending dick pics right I, for me, it's a bit sad because seriously, <laughs> if you think that your dick is the best part of you, I'm like, oh my God, he's just a walking, talking dick. 
So to answer, yes, dick pics, not always bad if you know the person and they are solicited and consensual and all of that. Look, in the context of sexting, it's like gradually taking each other's clothes off in real life, right? So if we start with... I don't know, show you a picture of my boobs and you can show me a picture of your abs or yeah. whatever. And yeah, yeah. to me, like, that's, if, that's I, kind of fun. if yeah. I say to someone, send me pictures, yeah. I don't mean send me pictures of your dick. I want to see your face. I want to see you on your friends. I want to see your body. I, I want to see other things about yeah. you. I want to see what makes you so that I, when I see you in the street or when we meet in a bar, I'm kind of getting a feeling for that. See, yeah. Like if you look at these guys who have Tinder uh, profiles, you can't even see their freaking face. Yeah. And then the next thing they send you is their dick. I'm like, dude, no. Are you gonna <laughs> if anything actually I dismiss it. I, I just think, oh man, this guy is like it really demeans their value. It's it exactly. devalues them. When you send me a dick pic, I think so much less of you now. You know, if the yeah. point of exchanging pictures before meeting up is so that we can recognize each other, I'm like, you better come just like that, <laughs> naked, so I can recognize you by this average dick that you've just sent me I mean like and and also I mean to be fair if you have a big dick I think I'll be more open but I don't get it when people with small dicks send you unsolicited pictures can can I tell you like well because obviously I run Hello Sarah Sense on Instagram and being a sex account I get you get a lot of stuff literally once every three couple of days whatever yeah Yeah. couple of days and one time this guy sent me a dick pic a soft a soft dick pic <laughs> oh right? my god and it was just lying there <laughs> and i was like well, okay firstly you know what i think about unsolicited dick pics already and secondly but why would you send me an unsolicited dick pic soft. which was soft this is not showing it's, anything it's not showing you at, you know at your uh, peak performance or whatever no no maybe he wanted you to know he has one it was just like mind-boggling like why he would do that he just clearly hadn't put any thought into the kind of dick pic no but definitely i would yeah. say that dick pics are not always bad mm. i certainly do want to know what someone looks like down there you know at some point Not to check the size or anything, although I did make a joke to someone the other day. But I think just because it is part of the mental undressing or like the the process of getting more sexually aroused. And just like, you know, when a man sees a girl's nipples is really arousing. If you are in that context, in the right kind of order, it can be great. I think it's completely fine. But you have to know that person and you have to know like, oh my God, like you're really uh, turned on right now and it's great that this conversation is making you very right. So definitely it can be a lot of fun. Oh yes, and and last tip, don't put your face in the dick pic as well. It would be hard anyway. I get that on Instagram as well. And I'm like, you put your face in there. This could be, I could just use this and put this on the internet. Maybe he wants to be a porn star. Maybe I don't know. Uh, that that just didn't make sense. Like the five minutes of uh, the the five seconds of yeah. fame because of my dick. <laughs> but the soft dick pic with the face. Why was you put your face to a soft dick pic? <laughs> the soft dick was with her face. I mean, this is just not the most well thought out dick pic ever. <laughs> in fact, it gets ever. the gold medal for the worst <laughs> dick pic in That's the world. The worst dick pic in the world. Yeah. <laughs> All the things not to do when sending a dick pic. Honestly, I think if we, if we put pictures on this podcast, we should show that one as a how not to send dick pics, please. Uh. <laughs> anyway, super fun question.
Awesome. So thanks so much, Valentina, and to all of you who submitted your questions to us. I hope that we were able to answer satisfactorily for you and you learned a lot so listeners tell me if you enjoyed this question and answer format that we're kind of testing out or if you prefer our guest interview format let me know too which was more helpful or interesting for you so find me at hello sarasense on instagram or drop me a line at sarasense.com i would love to hear from you and you know the final word on casual sex and dating is that just embrace the benefits, okay? This idea that this is actually a really rare opportunity in your life that you're going to be able to experience so many different things and so many different people. And ultimately, those experiences help you to figure out what you like and make you better in bed. Thanks, everyone. Mm-hmm.